Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is gonna be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. You best do your best cannonball because we are going on a deep dive. We are gonna go ahead and look at a pool in a recent game that we played in a game of Malifaux. So we got Pete back again, and we got the disheveled and disappointed Chris Leopard. Uh, so bad, so horrible. And then we got Dixon with us too. I'm just excited that we're finally doing battle report. We, we can't talk about the first two games that I annihilated you. We have to talk about the third game. I mean, so we can we can mention that obviously. <laughs> I mean, but we're going to talk about uh, spoiler alert: the game we just played, and it's yeah. actually going to be a recording that we did, and it's going to go on YouTube uh sometime down the road here but chris said i gotta release the one that he kicked my ass in first so yes <laughs> hey hey it's actually part, part for the course this is like a instead of a battle report it's a rage report that's it's right actually the salt that we got on both games right it, yes. it's pretty good and it's still fresh too which is when you want to talk about it so before we get into that though we do want to make sure that i actually wanted to shout our our patrons because i actually just posted a picture on the rage Good wire social media and yeah, we got a new overhead hanging camera. We got a couple of lights in the corners that we got set up now too. And that's only possible because of the patrons. And we are actually up to almost our goal of 20 patrons. So as soon as we get 20 patrons, which we're one away from, we're gonna do monthly battle reports. So that's gonna be a thing. So if you wanna be the 20th and get us on that uh, mandatory monthly battle report, just donate as little as dollar and as much as a million. Please, please do it for me. Uh, I like hearing <laughs> these guys talk about their games. It's pretty fun. I do want to thank some of our newest patrons. We actually just got a, a couple that joined relatively uh, recent additions to the Patreon. There we go. <laughs> so we had James join in, and we got Dane also join in as our patron. So I want to just give them a quick shout out. Appreciate them supporting the podcast because we're really starting to put out some cool content. So I really... Uh, Really appreciate them. And just a little spoiler alert for people that are <laughs> that are also reading the articles on the RageQuitWire.com website. I am going to post an article here pretty soon trashing Vassal. So if you want to hear me trash Vassal, you can see that article up probably sometime by the end of the week. Boo. Boo. Hiss. Boo. Fine. You can write a counterpoint, Dixon. I mean, Vassal is, you know, sometimes, you know, the only way that some people can play. So you it's have true. to... I don't you care. have to be I can, at least I, a little bit respectful. I can still trash it. I don't know. I mean, literally, my favorite thing about Vassal is I can play with anybody in the world. Like, I play a guy from South Africa, a guy from Italy, and a guy from Spain within, like, two weeks. I mean, if Chris wants me to do a bad Italian accent, I mean, I can do that while we play, I guess. <laughs> hey! 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 Just every, start every single uh, activation with, hey! Yes. <laughs> Mamma mia. You gotta do the hand thing too. Hey! Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like other deep dives that we've done, uh, we'll go ahead and go through just kind of the progression of the game. 
Uh, we'll start with the pool. That's why it's called our deep off the deep end. And then we'll go ahead and start going into what we picked, why we picked it, what schemes we picked, and then kind of go into how the game developed. So I'm going to start with the pool that we ended up playing in. So uh, Chris declared basically the explorers. Chris is having a ton of fun with those new explorers. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you pretty much just put resers in the corner and now you're I just did. I took all my resers out of my bag. Dora. Yep. Now all I have are explorers in there. And I only have two two keywords, so. And I, of course, chose by you as well. Is so. it? Is it? Well, let, let's just. Are we just gonna completely bypass the fact that Chris only goes for OP factions? No, Chris no, no. Are number one, no, no, no. so he went for the wrestlers. Then now explorers are number one, so he's now going for. The <laughs> Absolutely right. Yep. yep. I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. Oh. That's fine. So we ended up having this pool and this was a random one. So we didn't like customize this at all. So it was symbols of authority and that was in a standard deployment. We had the schemes of let them bleed, spread them out, vendetta, deathbeds and breakthrough. So I've been playing a lot against Chris and his explorers with my Bayou. Mm. I've tried a few different things. I've had some very strong words for them. Uh, Chris, this is where I kind of want to talk about just our experience real quick with Bayou or not by you, but the explorers and me specifically by you into them. Um, they're definitely frustrating. I've had to like learn some tricks and figure out how to kind of counter what's going on there. And there's some masters I've learned that I cannot drop into explorers. So that's just me as a Bayou player. I don't know what you're starting to learn as the new explorer player. Absolutely. No, I mean, apex isn't, uh, isn't as OP as, uh, as we thought it was apex really, you know, although I did not use Malasaurus Rex, so Malasaurus Rex is definitely a key piece in in Apex. But uh, with Syndicate, yeah, Syndicate is just phenomenal. Mm. I, I mean, again, you're gonna notice that more. Cooper's not bad, and whenever you play into a into a place uh, that he's really good at, he wins usually because he has like one of the highest win rates in the faction. But he's just too simple, so that's the reason why you're gonna notice that, Chris. Like, yeah, he's very vanilla. Yeah, whereas things like um, EVS and uh, which yes, I'm again, really excited about EVS. Yeah, they they're EVS very my, oh, uh, and obviously Cadmus. Like all three of them are very versatile. They can play into pretty much all of them right now. All the strategies can be played by those three keywords very yeah, well. I'm not super excited about Cadmus as much as I am about EVS. I mean, it is what it is. It's not your style, bro. <laughs> it's not my style. Well, I was going to say, EBS is also, just to kind of quickly throw this in there, we're giving away the Maxine box, which will be given away on Friday. So by the time this comes out for non-Patreon Patreons, they'll probably already know who won that. I haven't picked it yet because it's Wednesday, but I am going to pick it Friday morning. So whoever's winning that, you're awesome. But I, I put in to try and win that. Now, I really, fingers crossed, <laughs> I hope I win that. Although, I, the chances of me winning it are probably slim to none. Uh, last time I counted, there were like over 200 people that entered in that thing. Yeah, I, I'm not that lucky, so <laughs> I do not expect to win. Let me ask you, Dixon, because you, you kind of know a little bit about Explorers and just factions in general, and I'm playing Bayou, so... I see that Chris declares explorers as a Bayou player. What are some things that you think I should be thinking? I'm biased though, because most of the time we know that if people are going to be bringing Cadmus or not, uh, if it's not a Cadmus player, uh, what's the mission? We already said, yeah, we already said it's symbols. So, uh, fastest girl in the block, that would be syndicate. 
17, yeah, 17 inches move spread, and she hardly can ever be pinned down. Like she's way fast, way too fast. Ma, Ma with 12 cups of coffee can pen her down. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, well, here's the thing. it, it can't pen her down, but it slows her down. Well, he, and here's the thing about that, and that's what I was going to kind of get into is I think when Chris and I have been playing, obviously Cadmus isn't a thing yet as far as actual in-person play yet just because the models aren't out yet so i'm not worried about that yet okay i'm not a vassal boy i'm not worried about it correct okay? correct so in I'll real work. life it would yeah, be I don't definitely like syndicate it's yeah. syndicate you have ivan and then you have apex right those are the three out yeah. right now right yeah. but uh ivan i don't know if ivan is better than syndicate in uh, symbols of authority yeah, because Syndicate scoots. Yeah. So I, I think even even if you have Cadmus, I think this pool favors a little bit more with Anya's crew just because it's faster. Yeah, this pool really was conducive to Syndicate, you know, there being, you know, spread them out, breakthrough, and deathbeds. Just the ability to maneuver around the map is just was phenomenal. So, yeah, what I've found is that I there are certain crews that I know I can't play against into explorers one is i thought initially zip would be okay into explorers but if they drop ivan then zip's having a sad day because then ivan's all like super positive and doesn't care about concealment and all that shit so i'm like i just because of that reason and i might see ivan it's like either i mean maw maybe zoraida or i don't know if somer is still playable but so both of you used to play war machine right Mm -hmm. And you remember those? Oh, I forgot the phrase that we used to say. But you have two masters. Like, let's just say it in multiple ways. You have two masters. One that you can easily beat. The other one that it's a no go for whatever the heck you want to put down, right? Yeah. So like, Sip is incredibly good actually for against most matchups, uh, because he has AOE damage. He he's fast as hell. He's fast as fuck. He hits uh size. Like he, he's very good, right? But then you I, have Ivan just destroys them. Yeah, Ivan just well, Ivan just destroyed specifically because pretty much everything in in Zip's crew has uh, concealment. Yeah, and Ivan gets pluses whenever you have concealment. <laughs> so no, that's a yeah, bad idea. That's a no <laughs> I, don't even, I don't. I don't even want to think about. It. And I I know, and that's the thing I have to kind of kind of go around because I know Chris is getting Ivan actually like on Saturday. You so wish I, we had a camera because Chris was just giddy with excitement. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I know I know that he's not going to play Ivan, but obviously if I'm trying to realistically play the game, I'm like, I can't play Zip here because if he did have Ivan and he dropped him, it would be a bad game. Yes. But again, same thing. Uh, if it, if the player, person you're playing against is not an Ivan player, you mm -hmm. know, that also makes a, a decision making. Because, for example... Uh, I'll use my game as an example. I'm playing against Shanti Elwaya, who's more commonly known as Maniacal Cackle in the mm -hmm. forums. He's, in my opinion, the best Molly player in the world. The best, by far. And it's it's hard. It's a hard game every now and then because he plays a really heavy control game, right? So when I play against him, I'm not going to play against him the same way that I'm going to play every other Molly player. Yep. So let's bring it up back to Chris. Chris plays in a different way than, let's say, me. I would probably be playing Seeker. What would Chris be playing? Probably Ivan. And that's yeah. what you have to make the decision. Am I playing against Dixon? Am I playing? Do I know the matchup? Do I know the player? Yeah, but I think, and that's why I don't go, because obviously, if you know somebody, you can predict what they're probably going to drop, hmm. but or what they, they most times would drop. But the thing is, I try to prepare for myself for, 
I'm not sure. Let's bring the thing that's going to do the best, even if they kind of throw this wild master at me. I just don't want to be in that terrible matchup. That's what I think you need to try to avoid when you're playing in these matchups. Yeah. That's what I was trying to bring up. When when you used to play War Machine, you usually went for the safer of the two masters. Oh yeah, the, if, the if you're playing like if you're playing like Kador, you're like, oh, I can't bring my Jack list into this guy because this guy has all this armor piercing crap. So if he yep. drops him, I'm just done. Yeah, it, it was like you you play against somebody that has armor piercing, or say they can blow up a uh, Kador Jack from range, right? Yep. That would be like saying I'm gonna bring Pandora versus Zid, who has uh, the anti ruthless. He has ruthless and he attacks my size. That's I'm I'm fixing to get beat up because yep. he can destroy me if I don't survive flips and stuff. Yep. So looking at this, Chris, we're we're looking at deciding on what our lists are going to be. Um, I decided to end up dropping Maw Tucket just because, especially once I started actually reading the cards and I kind of vented to some people about how I handle Anya a little bit. I was like, okay, there's stuff here I wasn't using that helps in this matchup, and it definitely made a difference. So. I was like, okay, if he drops Anya, which I figured you were because you don't have Ivan yet. I was like, Ma's my best bet. And even if it is Ivan, I think Ma's still better out of bringing Zip or somebody else. So when you looked at the pool and decided to bring Anya, what were some things you were thinking about with Anya in this pool? Well, spread them out and breakthrough. I mean, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to yeah. say, did you take spread them out and breakthrough? Yeah, that's the yeah. two schemes I took, spread them out and breakthrough. And it was funny because... The way I positioned myself, I was like perfect for both of those. I think you were breakthrough. It's just Pete kind of interrupted me a little bit and jumped in and you know screwed me up. But I mean that that was the point. So let's talk about what models you decided to bring there, then, Chris. So you're doing. So you looked at the pool. You're like, I like spread them out, breakthrough. Then I can also do the symbols. So yeah. what was the crew you ended up bringing? So I brought Anya and Sovereign. Uh, obviously, um, sovereign for speed. Well, because he's a totem. Because he's just um, in there. Yeah, because he's there. <laughs> right. I brought the uh, intrepid emissary because he's a just a great model. I mean, all around great point. You know, point value. I brought Corvus Rook uh, in order to uh, to engage and stop you. He's a um, Winston Ferguson <laughs> or Winston Finnegan for the uh, maneuverability again. He's also just, a dandy. He's phenomenal. Like, he's so good. Amazing model. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I made him pay the iron price. Yeah. And then uh, I brought a surveyor, which I'm not super happy with the surveyor. Um, he's not fast. He doesn't contribute a lot to the, the matchup that I did, but um, I wanted to try him out a little bit. How the uh, hell did you kill Finnegan? We'll talk about it. Don't worry. It was, it was interesting. Uh, I brought an operative, and then I brought Jesse uh, Halliday. Jesse's good into this list. I mean, she's good. If you want a little bit of board control, a little bit of uh, just shenanigans. I ended up looking at the same pool, so I was looking at it, and I symbols, of course, when you see uh, breakthrough, I think breakthrough is good with symbols because you're going to have somebody on the back end anyways. Um, but I actually decided to go with Vendetta, and the reason why I was thinking that is like Chris and I started talking about Anya as, as a crew and they have a lot of high damage output. But I started to realize that Anya specifically and some of her key pieces are actually kind of squishy. So I was like, I'm going to take Vendetta and I'm going to kill that stupid Winston some bitch. So, <laughs> so I was like, I ended up bringing uh, Ma Tucket with a little ass. Uh, 
I brought two test subjects, uh, Big Brain Bryn, Soulstone Miner, Agatro Bukor, uh, Bert Jensen, and Gracie. And yeah, I, I love that Bert Jensen and Gracie combo. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Bert in this uh, iteration, but I love him. He, he does work for me. But my vendetta target was uh, Gracie into Winston. So that was kind of where I was gunning. That was interesting, though, because I put Winston on the far left, and then you put uh, Gracie on the far right. It was. Board. Yeah. So <laughs> if I hadn't have gone that way, then you would have completely missed this. Well, so here, he, well, no, here's the thing. I And we'll talk about it as the game goes on. I actually just need Gracie to live and for Winston to die to get one point. Well, to so, get one point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we'll talk about that as we get into it, though. Um, so it, it definitely, I like the lineup I brought. So that left me with like three soul stones, which with a soul stone miner, I think that's very reasonable. And then Chris, you ended up bringing five. Yeah, Chris, tell me how you feel about that soul stone miner. <laughs> it's, it's too good. Too good in my opinion. What? <laughs> it's so good. He, so He's far done. he has killed so many scheme runners. Yeah. One of my scheme runners, every game that he's played just with the Soulstone Miner in one turn. So, and, and just for, so people don't, well, no. So the setup though, is you put it next to Maw. So when you do creative cussing, everybody gets a focus around her. That includes the Soulstone Miner. And then you activate the Soulstone Miner. You stun yourself for a soul stone, you focus, and then you bury. So when you pop up next to whatever guy you want to kill, you have two focus, and you're just ready to murder him. It's so and, good. It's so good. And if you didn't take, say you didn't take a soul stone, you have two full attacks. Yep. See, so two full attacks with focus at a well, two, so, three, four. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you don't have to stun every turn. So if you're not stressing for, you know, soul stones, don't stun yourself and you just get attacks and kill a fucking minion. He's been so, nerfed twice. It's, it's still good. Yeah. It's still great. <laughs> I think with Maw, he's, he's stupendous. So, uh, so we get into deployment. So, Chris, let's talk about deployment. It's just, it's kind of a normal battlefield. We got some buildings, got a handful of trees, some boxes, some height two, height one, whatever. Yeah. So when you were looking at the board, you were the attacker. So what was your thought when you were kind of setting up? What was your general idea of how you're going to try to attack the board? Yeah, so I uh, I was the attacker. So I put my stuff in two different groups. Uh, group one was everyone who had some type of movement uh, AP ability. So whether it be dirigible or, you know, anything along those lines. And Can I then, just say that the dirigible ride sounds like a sex position. That's all does. I want to say. It absolutely does. And you got to say it creepy when you when you do it, Winston. You got to be like, dirigible I'm going to take Anya on a dirigible ride. Dirigible ride. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Um, who was the vendetta on your like on both sides? So one was Finnegan, the other one was Gracie. Gotcha. Sorry. So I put all my movement uh, people who could assist in movement on one side and then uh, everyone else on the other group. And he chose the, uh, the movement shenanigan group first. So I went ahead and placed oh, yeah. them and then um, he placed all of his models. And then I kind of, I kind of did something I didn't want to do. And I split my forces. I really should have just. Let well, why did you, de- why did you decide to split your forces? That's kind so, of what we were talking about. Yeah. So Ma and all of her actual, Faction specific keyword. Yeah, Ma, Ma and the gang were on the right flank. We're all on his right flank, my left, and then Bert and Gracie Bert went on the left, completely <laughs> on the other side. So there was nothing in the middle. It was all six inches on one side, six inches on the other, and um, so I, I kind of had to split my force. It. it was, it was horrible. 
So, and here, here's why I deployed like that. So, and it, they weren't on the extreme flank, but they were pretty close to the edges there. So the reason I did that is because when you looked at the, when you looked at the strategy markers, they were kind of, a, there weren't, there was, I think there was only one in the middle. So I was like, I don't have to hang around the middle. And then I put Bert and Gracie on the left flank because I was almost baiting a little bit on that side because I knew that Bert and Gracie, even though Gracie's only move speed four, she's still fast. Like with ride with me, she can move. So what I actually was planning to do is just diving her and Bert hard into the center and pressuring anything that was in the center and killing it and then moving Bert up the board to start scoring my uh, schemes and stuff. Well, they so, both have reckless, which yeah. is sick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ride with me, reckless, both of them just cruising. But yeah. the the funny thing is, uh, I'm assuming that you, this is what you did, uh, Pete. It's move four inches, be within two inches of Bert, ride with me for five inches now. Yep. Then do whatever you want to do after that. Yep. And then, and then you, Bert, and so that's what ended up happening. So we'll get into that as, as kind of yeah. my turn one developed there. Because Bert uh, is now up like, what, nine, ten inches? Yeah, he's like ten inches up the board. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I ended up getting Chris to kind of split his forces. And he had most of his heavy hitters looking down at Maul. Uh, the only stuff you had facing down Bert and Gracie were kind of scheme runners. So I wasn't really scared or, of having them threatened unless you swung your hitters hard over towards Bert and Gracie, which... I mean, it's pretty intimidating with that pig coming at you. So I, I don't know if you want to do that. So looking at turn one, we start getting into it. Um, turn one's always just kind of a jockeying for position thing, usually. But Anya is so not with fast. Anya. Not with Anya. Anya's uh, entire crew is almost in your deployment zone. So, so, Chris, the main thing I want you to talk about this turn is talk about how you kind of screwed me over turn one. I was kind of doing my normal thing. But then you dove Anya super hard into my crew. And you, I, would, I just want you to talk about kind of like what you did there. Yeah, so I uh, dirgeable road. You're the old dirgeable road. Dirgeable road. Actually, I dirgeable road uh, Corvus Rook up the uh, up the field a little bit. And then uh, got the trigger to place Winston, you know, base contact. Did that. Um, then moved Winston up a little bit more. And then I brought Sovereign up move move up and then i did uh was a fly with me? i hate that toad i hate sovereign so much sovereign's good that, i that like sovereign. sucks like yeah I, like you you no listen dixon when i say suck i mean it sucks to play against i'm not saying i didn't say nothing i had yeah. not said you gave me this look yeah yeah because <laughs> you're saying outrageous shit he's an interesting <laughs> model he is absolutely sovereign is a great model i but, think uh, yeah i think that shock wave well that's i think hundred percent. I think you have to kill him first, he, and which, which he did. Spoiler <laughs> alert: he did absolutely. Ma beat the bricks off him. Yeah, so, that's so why I he did. Won. Yeah, I did fly <laughs> with me. Brought Corvus Rook even further up the field, um, and then I took Corvus Rook, and I really was just messing with him. I was, you know, what within four inches of your deployment zone. Yeah, it's great. Turned one with Corvus Rook. Fantastic like, model. Yeah, this, this model. beater of a model that just is very difficult to deal with. Yes. Yep. No, but I want you to talk about with what you did with, with, uh, and then Anya, Anya. I just walk or walk. I uh, went across your hazard with, uh, with her throw. So she has a bonus. Um, it's and called she to the edge. Um, I, you know, I always at least have a card in my hand or she has the ability to ping herself for one damage to add the trigger into it. Uh, phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I just poured it over and then I just, I was 
in Ma's face. Well, here's here's the gross markers. part. So, no, here's the gross part. Not only did you do a little bit of damage because you did. I mean, you you spent most of it to move, but I think the grosser part, which I didn't realize, is I activated my Bokur because I think my one of my yes. test subjects was almost dead, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna heal it up. Yeah, I'm gonna like, heal it up. But, like, but I told not. you before, like before you even thought about it, I was like, now make sure you know that you can't target any of your friendly enemy models within and and i sat there with the bokur and i'm thinking like okay what do i I do well no i was like can i obey something like no that won't work i'm like can i heal it i'm like no like i I guess i like i guess i could run in there and like i guess heal myself and burst heal yeah and i was like no so what i actually did is i did the spirit attack and i chucked it at anya and did like four damage to her and you had to stone because I hit the red joker. <laughs> oh yeah. You did hit the red joker with that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. Um, yeah, which was crazy, but I only I mean, took two damage. So she does have willpower five. It's at step five. Yeah. It makes sense. It, it makes sense. I mean, out of all the things I could deal do, I was like, since I can't heal up and draw cards, I'm like, I might as well just do damage to this damn bitch and get some, get something out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So my turn one craftiness is what really got Chris, though, is that was my reposition with Gracie and Bert. He had an operative sitting in the middle of the board because I guess she was going to pew pew. I don't know. But I basically did the I did the move. I did the ride with me, which I think I actually missed the ride with me because I mismanaged my cards. That was turn that two. Yeah, that was well, turn no, no, no. I'm saying at the end of turn one, I was going to do a similar move. But I tried to do the ride with me, and I missed it because I just didn't have the cards to manage it. So I had to kind of just set up for turn two. So my turn one actually, look, like when people watch it, it's going to look really shitty for Maw because I, I have my Maw set up, but it didn't go as smooth as my normal turn ones went with everything else. So we're kind of set up going into turn two. This is when the nitty gritty is going to start. You activated Anya first, and you did something kind of interesting with her. You want to? I, I don't know what you were trying to do with Anya. I, I don't know. I think you were just trying to get out before Ma killed her. <laughs> I was. I was trying to get out before Ma. I mean, Ma hits like a brick. She is just. She's. Yeah, Anya would have died. Oh yeah, yeah. That big wooden spoon will murder you. And I don't want to lose. I mean, Anya is my my key maneuverability piece when it comes to you well, know. You actually, you, well you actually made, made me make like a kind of interesting choice here so it was either um, Anya or Sovereign and you chose Sovereign so well, well well, here's the thing though your position with Anya was interesting because you actually dove her back towards my deployment zone I did so you're kind, of, you're kind of up by Maw and you decided to dive down why'd you decide to do that well I, I went towards your deployment zone uh, so that I could uh, start scoring some of the uh, the objectives or the, the schemes, schemes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was a brilliant move too, because when, and she killed a test subject. So that was another thing she did. So she like did the test subject. She got a strategy point and you moved her towards setting up for like your schemes, right? Yeah. So the test subject had one life left and I charged through Ma and the test subject to do one point of damage to both with the blade rush. And, um, and then I attacked Ma. So I killed the test subject, got Ma, got the reposition trigger, moved her out. Yeah, it was just all around good. Well, and I think here's where people make a mistake. So I think people, like when they feel the game and you see that model, your you know master kill a model of theirs, I think the natural reaction is to go attack it. I think most people are like, I want to go kill the model that killed my thing, right? So I had, I, which I wanted to do because I knew I could kill her. 
but I looked at the way you positioned her and I felt like moving Maw back to my deployment zone isn't what I needed to be doing. That's not how I was going to score points. It would only make me feel good in the long run. I was hoping that you would take the bait. I really wanted you to go back. I didn't think that you could kill Anya and move back to where I positioned. No. So I would actually have to like, I would have to like move, clear some schemes just so I don't take a crap ton of damage and then charge you. And I mean, then I only have two attacks on you. So what I ended up doing instead is I dove through the terrain, charged your stupid totem and beat the crap out of that. And I was in a way better position. And I'm telling you, if you haven't played against Anya, that totem has to be one of the first things to go because the shockwave markers, the fly with me, and it it has armor and it does decent damage. It's just, it's a piece that just needs to go away when you play against her. Two, three, six or something like that. And the shockwave, whenever he lands, if I remember correctly, whenever he gets moved, he also does damage. Yeah, it's a uh, a 12 defense duel or suffer one damage and gain stunned. The stun part is the main reason why he needs to die first. It is. And that's kind of what I learned from our second game that Chris played. Yeah, our second had, game, all his models had stunned. Yep. And, you know, Maw needs He's the triggers. Like, what, what do I do? I can't <laughs> declare any and triggers. And Chris wanted to play a game. He wanted to play more turns. He's like, well, I got a buddy here and he wants to, you know, see how the game plays. I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm not playing I'm like, this game I anymore. Really needs to see how this game is played. <laughs> I don't want to, Chris. I don't want to. Yeah. So just. Little little tip there. If you can kill that totem, it needs to die relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Chris. What else on turn on turn two? Did anything like kind of stick out on you on that turn? Yeah, you started going for Winston and really messed me up. Like you put that test subject right there with Winston. Yeah, those so I wanted to lock him down. Those yeah. test subjects are too good for. Yeah, let's points. let's hear Chris bitch about this for four a bit. points. With Maw, they automatically, I mean, they're just rack up injured. Just... So there, there was a game we played the other day defense where. Defense nine. <laughs> how, how am I supposed to get around defense nine? You don't. You just you don't. don't. You have to just kill them don't. early in the. Yeah, you have to kill you them do. early in the turn. You can't cheat. Um, or you can shoot them at range. Like, there's there's many ways to deal with them because oh, there are a lot of ways to yeah. deal with them. They're garbage they're models. Four points. They're four points. Right. They're garbage they're models. Points. They're also they're four combo. points. Yeah. They're combo pieces. That's what it is. It's like there's so many ways to combo them into doing something heinous. It's annoying. It's like, fuck, I have to kill this four point piece of shit model, but. Uh, yeah. So essentially, I, I tried using the, um, the test subject to lock down Winston, and then I moved Maw closer to winston so he couldn't do his bonus action so he had to move yep. yep before he could do the dirigible the dirigible ride, dirigible ride. <laughs> so um yeah that's the turn turn two is where winston started feeling the pressure and i was like i'm gonna start just taking this guy to pound town so that's when i really showed and my pound him he did yeah <laughs> well it was kind of weird yeah, I'm still shocked that you killed him that easily. But so, okay. let me, so let me no, ask it you. Wasn't well, it wasn't easy. easy. It wasn't easy. But oh, okay. let, me, let me ask you, why do you why do you say like shocked he was killed that easy? Uh Luck Thief. Luck Thief is problematic. You have to have the cards in hand. And I understand that Ma has the ability to draw forever in a day, but I'm I'm still not used to that feeling because I don't play crews that draw forever well, in a day. <laughs> not, only that, not only that, Dixon, but also like the test subject in Gracie. You saw that in our game that you and I played, Dixon, is mm. I like waiting with those models until you see a model with like one hit point and then just sending them in and pinging them with wow. stampede. Yep, headbutt him. Yep, but, <laughs> headbutt. But that's not the, the, the big issue that 
I thought you were going to have, I guess you didn't have that, was um, if you miss him, then he heals too. Winston and, lost every well, single that, duel. Well, that was I, the, I hear you. I understand. Well, Dixon, that's not the only problem, is the emissary was right next to him. He was kind of bottled up in the back. Mm-hmm. And Maw was next to the emissary. So the emissary couldn't even use his bonus to set up the aura. Oh, that's so big. Yeah. It is. Oh. It was, yeah, it was a big deal. Yep. Oh, also, I'm, <laughs> I'm upset. Really good about it. <laughs> I'm upset, and at the same time, I'm doubly upset, but uh, because nobody said that's what she said. But at the same time, oh my god, bro, that is huge. No, no, because like I oftentimes I forget the power of diversion, and twelve cups of coffee oh, is yeah. an upgrade, and I just completely forget until you said it. I was like, because I I knew that diversion could phenomenal stop. upgrade yeah I, I knew that diversion could stop bleeding edge but i also know that you can engage her so that she doesn't get bleeding edge well i think i think oh. and that was a problem too chris had to work around that when she was in right and i think that if you don't if you play maw i think 12 cups is an auto on maw she's 12 cups isn't an auto on all bayou masters but maw is always in it and kind of maneuvering her pieces around and kind of hitting people with spoons so i, I think that's an auto include for her on, in most cases Mm. I heard uh, the only two they use on her are that and inferior complex, and, and it's always depending on matchup. Yeah, yeah, I agree mm. with that. So yeah, that was that was the setup I had a turn two that was really starting to to pin kind of Chris down a little bit. Not only that, that was the turn that Gracie went in with Bert and started doing damage on the operative. Um, and spoiler alert: the operative did not win against Gracie. <laughs> nah, that poor guy. Yeah. I think it was the girl, but yeah, she had a rough time. Yeah, the poor girl. It's operatives are both girls. They it was are, like, it was like yeah. Deadwood. She got fed to the pigs by Mr. Wong. Yep. <laughs> Except for Wong wasn't there. Uh, man, so uh, honestly, we both scored the strategy turn two. Uh, I think, Chris, you even got breakthrough on turn two as well. I think you scored your first point on that. I did. So it, it was 2-1 going into it, and we started going into turn three. This is the turn, I think, where Chris started drawing shitty cards. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't have higher than I, so I had uh, two threes, a nine, two threes, a five, a nine, and 11, and the Black Joker. Yeah. And that was the turn, Dixon, that I had Maw right next to Winston. Yeah. So he had to pitch, like, I think two cards to try and protect Winston with the emissary. Pitching cards, keep trying to stop. Yep. It was bad. And by the end of like, probably two and a half, three activations. I think, Chris, you were down to one card. I was. Yeah, just because you were trying to save Winston's ass. Yep. So was this recent that you started using 12 cups of Ma? Like, did you not use it on the first two games? I know that you didn't use it on the first game, but on the second I, game. No, he was afraid to engage as much during the first two games. Yeah, so I, I wasn't... I wasn't quite sure how to approach Anya, so I kind of left her alone and that just let her go hog wild. Right now that I've seen her play, I'm like, oh, if she kind of sticks her nose in too far, I can just beat the piss out of it. And you have to. That's like the hard part. Yeah. So I think she's so quick, though. She is. So she's in and out. She's out the door. So turn three, I, I was telling Chris this at the end of the game. Turn three was a bad turn as far as Chris for not only him having crappy cards, but. I had Maw, I drew two extra cards, and and I think I even stoned for two extra cards. And then my 
my first like bunch of flips were like 12s and 13s. All so. he did, all he flipped were severes. His first well, damage flip and, was at a negative and got And then damage. I did big brain Bryn, you know, calculate the possibilities and I put a bunch of crap in there and put the 13s right back in. And I was just like, <laughs> it was like, it felt, it felt good. You need to put like a, either a deck of cards or a fucking shovel on his base because that's what he does. He just digs right back into the deck. I'm like, God dang it. I hate you, but I love you at the same time. I think turn three was also the turn that the Soulstone Miner almost one-shotted your uh, your stupid, what the hell you call surveyor. it? The, yeah, yeah, the Surveyor, the Chain Dude. Yep. I had, really I, good. Well, I hit Armor Piercing on both attacks. Ooh, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason he didn't die on the second attack is because I flipped the Black Joker for damage. <laughs> I had to kill him later. Had to happen. I mean, I'm just... I'm listening to things and I'm just like horrified inside. I'm like, oh, well, my, it was my funny. Heart. It was a very bad <laughs> game for me. Chris was starting it was a to, very bad. You should have heard Chris. Me. He's like, well, that's fucking stupid. It's like killing my <laughs> surveyor in like one activation, and I flipped the black joke. He's like, still fucking stupid. <laughs> still, it was still stupid. I'm. He's an amazing model, but like, he, you played the faction. You know the I model. Yeah, he's I know not the model. OP now. He's he not was. OP, but he's still disgustingly taking good. Yes. out just, one minion every turn. Yeah, yes. I think I think it is how it's used though. I think um when you look at the Soulstone miner, it's not like he can go in and just destroy anything and just be this wrecking machine or this, you know, awesome OP model now, but when you throw it into the right target, I saw that this guy had armor 2 or whatever it has. I'm like, "Oh, the Soulstone miner is going to wreck this dude." And he did. Yeah. Spoiler. I, I love the fact that he plays very similar as so he would play with Hoffman, but the crew that he's in is significantly faster than Hoffman. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that. There's like a similarity, but it's still difference. So like players can actually go well, into the mall crew and still be like, oh, I know this model. And turn three was also interesting because this is when, and this is why I like Bert. So I've had a couple of people talk to me about why I bring Bert. And I just think that people underestimate just what he actually does. It, it, Bert's a model where if he dies early, he can because he's squishy as all hell. Because he's doing damage to himself and, you know, hope your opponent's probably going to target him if they know what he does. But the the big part of turn three that ended up kind of really showing why Bert's awesome is Chris actually did a smart thing. He locked down three models with that stupid surveyor before it died. And if I didn't have Bert, Bert has agile. So I was able to just walk away. I double walked and I dropped a scheme marker for my point in breakthrough. No, you did the uh, strategy marker that time. Oh, sorry. Okay, I guess I did the strategy marker first and then did that the next turn. Yeah. Either no, way. That ability is insanely powerful. And mm -hmm. yes, it's a great thing to bring Bird. Yeah. And like he has agile, just agile. And he has showboating. And he has, it's all in the reflexes. So if you shoot him and I get a ram on my defensive trigger, I get to blast you back. And that yeah. one's not like the other ones where you have to win the defensive duel. It just happens. So that's always great. He's blast resistant for whatever that's worth. Um, I don't, Chris, anything else turn three that you're kind of like, you know, this is where the game started kind of, eh? I mean, Winston going down to one health and then the surveyor going down to one health it, and Sovereign just dropping off the, the turn before. It was just, it. You started losing important stacked, pieces. Things were stacked <laughs> varying. I started losing important pieces that I had no way to recuperate. Oh, can we talk about how you're a bully and you killed the little ass? I did. For no reason. Of, which no was, reason. it was just out of spite for me. I just was just like, 
I can kill her. I'm going to kill her right now. Hey, hey, it will give you one activation. You know, let's just go with the logical ways instead of, I needed to murder a child. I needed to murder a child. I (laughs) needed to murder a child. Killing infants over here. This guy. Just a girl. She's just a little girl. Wham. (laughs) Yeah, and then let's talk about the last two turns there, Chris. So the last two turns, I mean... Turn four was big because I actually used the Soul Stone Miner to bog down Jesse Holiday. Yes. So Jesse wasn't able to score the strategy. The strat on turn four. Which is what I had her set up for, which was disappointing. That's rough. Soul Stone Miner locked her down, denied that point. Um, Yeah, that that definitely was good. And then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else happened on turn four. That was kind of big. I started just kind of doing my back scheming. It really, it was kind of weird because after turn four, actually kind of midway through turn four, we almost started like separating to go do like the scheme running. We did. Absolutely. Uh, the only one that was still engaging stuff is Maw was starting to hit the emissary. And I think you were starting to pick on my Bokur and you killed it with Winston or not uh, Winston. What's your other bully's name there? Corvus. Yeah. Corvus. He took Mr. his rubber gloves and was like, yeah. So I, when I was placing the strategy markers, I, um, I forgot about the emissary being a 50, um, and I placed the strategy marker in between a forest and um, a tree. Another impassable. <laughs> so I couldn't get the emissary into a good position to kind of just be there because I did that. So I kind of had to work around that as well. Damn, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the game though, right? It's posi- little, little things that you're kind of like positioning wise. It's kind of like, oh, balls, I messed up there. Um, balls. I, I was actually surprised that you didn't bring the goat again. The goat was actually good in the, the first game. It was really good. In the first game, the alpinus or the, um, the alpine, whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't bring it. Oh, dang. That's sad. Yeah. I didn't bring it, which would have been great because everybody would just ignore terrain, ignore everyone else. Yep. Yeah. I brought it that first game just to kind of see how it felt in my list. Hmm. And um, it, it worked phenomenally. I loved, I loved the model. Yeah, and it's a billy goat, so it, and it's, it's metal. Billy it's, cool. Goat. Yeah. it's cool. Yeah. No, I I have okay. So let let do a quick recap real fast. Turn one, you went all across the table with Anya in front of Ma, and then you realized, oh crap! Now I'm stuck in here with her. No, no, no. I positioned her correctly. I okay, okay. Just want to make sure her correctly. So Anya I didn't die. Get, I needed to get Anya didn't die throughout the entire game. I took okay. four damage the entire game. Yeah. Also, um, Pete, relearn the precious value of hostile environment. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Hostile Although, environment was not good. Yeah. Ma's ability to just ignore those stupid pit trap markers. And I have to jump or well, I have to play around and, them. And that's why I brought two test subjects, too, because they ignore the stupid scheme markers that Anya puts out. So I'm not taking the stupid points of damage just for moving and pushing and all that stuff. I hate so, those little bastards, but that is such a good ability to have. It is, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, spoiler, I mean, yeah, they're good. <laughs> Did they survive at least like at least one? Uh, one, one died turn two because oh. Anya charged through the it. very the beginning other, of turn two. The other one, the one that pinned down um, Winston, pinned down Winston mm. Chris cheated, and I actually used that as an opportunity to charge out, and I used him to go get a strategy marker and start putting schemes in the deployment zone. So. Which was disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. <laughs> Chris is like, oh, why are you running like, away? I'm going to run away. Let's just go. It was, it was the alligator, too. So he, he was like 
dancing and clicking his yeah. heels up in the air. Yeah, that's my favorite model of all of the models that you put out on the board today. I love the alligator. Yeah, the alligator. Do a little karate kick. Good. He's just it like, is. yeah. It definitely looks really, really good. Yeah. yeah. I like um, the painting. And then turn five, we actually talked out because we, we figured out kind of what would happen there as far as it goes. Yeah. Um, basically, well, I had to go. I had to go because I had to go get Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it was it was obvious what was going to happen. We actually talked it out real quick. It, it was basically at the end of it. Like I said, the only point I was going to miss was off of Vendetta because Bert and the test subject already had schemes in the breakthrough and I was going to get the last strategy easy. Um, and then once we talked it out, we were like, oh, Chris might get seven as well because he's going to score breakthrough and he's going to score spread them out. But then we started counting it up and we realized that he only had two models that could put out schemes that turn. And he had to put four out, right? Is that how many? Had I had three models, but I had to put five out. And yeah. getting them 10 inches apart and be, it was just it. I would have missed it by one if I had gotten everything perfect. If yeah, you have Finnegan, if you have Finnegan, I'm pretty sure you would have been able to. I didn't it. have Finnegan. That's no, no, I know, you I know. Did. I'm actually, I'm actually pointing that out. If you have Finnegan, you would have been able to pull it out very easily. Oh, sure. right? oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like the big that that's oh, what's domino effect. He would have gotten one more point had Finnegan not died the way that he did. Well, and another thing I didn't think about, but I, I at this point, I think I had seven models to like Chris's four. I mean, I it, four, it was going. It was going four back. models. Yep. Four. And I could have saved Maw for last activation, and I could have charged her back to my deployment zone, and then double walked and used my bonus on twelve cups of coffee to clear out schemes. Hmm. So I didn't think about that until after. Depen we were yeah, done. depending on where I positioned, it was. Well, yeah. you were going to have to put them like pretty close to Maw. Like you're you're going to have to put them near my deployment zone and on the half of the board. You couldn't waste activations moving out of the way. So I, I could have done that. I didn't think about it until after the game. But it, like I said, it ended up after we talked it out, it was going to be a 7-6 victory for the old Bayou and Maw Tucket. Okay, so I was off by... Two. Three? The, two or three? No, no, two, two. Because I said 5-4. I was off in the in the differential total. Like I, I said 5-4. But you were right. One point, one point behind. Yep. Yep. Right, right, right. I, I'm just surprised that you guys scored so high with you know, with the stories that I just heard, because that sounds like <laughs> you guys like, you know, well, like I said, it was, turn, it was like halfway through turn three, turn four, we started bringing important pieces to the edges. So we kind of met in the middle, bashed it out for three turns and then kind of went our way to try and score our points. Yep. Right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, both Anya and Ma are sufficiently fast that they can just go to the other side of the yep. table. So you kind of like hit in the middle hash out your your aggression your you know aggression as fast <laughs> as you possibly could and then go okay now we got to start scoring points and you just yeah. bolted i should have had had i thought about it from mm. the beginning of the game i should have just done schemes and strat like i really should have just completely just ignored ma and you're gone at, and just tried to get all eight points okay i mean i, I probably could have if i just ignored it I yep. think I think that's tougher than you think, though. Just oh, it because, is absolutely. I mean, if I need to, I, I mean, because if you think about it, if you start just playing everything back in my deployment zone and on my half of the board, I'm going to start bringing stuff like Gracie and Maw, and but then even, you're not scoring your points. I am. I, I got I got um, Bert in the back. I got a test subject in the back. I could even throw the Soulstone Miner back there and just start doing that. 
I mean, I, I had models that could do it and still come back and, you know, beat your ass. Yeah, there's a couple of models that you still have to kill, Chris. No, there's still a couple of models that you have to kill Gracie. You oh, no, to. I know. I know. Gracie sucks so hard to kill, though. Right. But, okay. if, I had, but if I had focused on doing schemes and stuff like that, and I, I either should have gone just balls to the wall straight at Gracie and just took down yeah. Gracie or yeah. same thing with Maw. One or the other. I don't know if killing Ma is a good idea, but Ma is tough to kill. Though Ma is tough to kill, but I had her down to half life. Well, yeah, but I mean, two. I I have a couple models that can heal her, and I did. I healed the backup. I on you. You tried, but you no, didn't. I, I did in later turns. Shut later your mouth. Turns you did, but you were still down six health. I mean, you Wait, were. What do you have though that can kill Gracie? I have really? a lot of attacks. I have a lot of attacks to kill. Minimum her. two goes to one. She has eight life heals. So and the, op the, operative, the operative was one of the ones that really was supposed to go into uh, Gracie. She got but fed Gracie, uh, Gracie took her out. Just wait. Well, I was going to say, I like I like taking uh, lay down and take a nap on my last attack and getting shielded three with armor two is pretty good. Yep. It's annoying as hell, too. I like, like, taking, oh God. I like taking no damage. I have to do four damage to do one damage to Gracie. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> oh, it's frustrating man. as all hell. It is. And it, it just comes down to, and I think Chris didn't also want to swing too hard into Gracie because they were so far out on the flank and for him to bring his beaters back over. I don't know. <laughs> for Chris to, why, are oh. you going, why are you going AFK? Cassidy's still awake. Okay, <laughs> go AFK. I, I, I can't talk about this without you. You're a big part. Let's kind of let's kind of get back into kind of this. So Dixon has some general questions that that yeah. we're, you're going to kind of ask us and just see if we can kind of dig some maybe more. Maybe there's some blank spots in there that you want to kind of fill in some more information, or maybe just have some general questions on like why we did certain things. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I it. It's very surprising to me that Chris decided to go, and he said that it was the right choice. That's fine. How early in the activation sequence did you do it? Was it like towards the very last end, or was it the middle or the beginning? Where where did you activate Anya to go across the table? Last model. It was the very last model. Yep. So Pete Chris had uh, one model, one model left to activate, but it was Bert on the complete other side of the table. Right, and that's when well, Bert. No, 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 it, it was the Bokur and Bert. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So you have two activations left. Why was that? What was your? What do you have left, Chris? Pete. Uh, Pete was able to get two pass tokens at the beginning with Ma. I got so it. was ram. able. So he was able to uh, circumvent the the model count. That he was is able to throw it off. God Almighty! Every single time, because I play against a few players that they like to play combo ma. Yeah. But like they have like a specific power combo that they set up in the deployment zone, and then they mm -hmm. go, "Okay, I cheat down to have a pass uh, to have two pass tokens. You can choose me to go first. I don't care." That's yeah. what he did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That Even the second and third turn, Pete cheated down. I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'll take the first go, but this is stupid. Yep. Yeah. I see, and that's the thing. Like, I think. Because if it so with Maw, it's kind of interesting because I actually don't care about going first in most cases. Because mm -hmm. if I am scared of him going into a model first, mm -hmm. I can just put two shields on it, you know? Right. I can be like, okay, I'll cheat to get the shields. I'll put two on the model that I think is threatened and two on the one that I really don't want to die. Right. Uh, and I want to point out a few months ago, I don't know if you remember when I was talking about uh, one of my opponents was Radoslav Radic. 
the guy that I said that was mm-hmm. the best uh, bio uh, bio player. Yeah, yeah. He's now seventh in the world. Back then he was like forty something, but I knew I knew he was gonna be like. The, nice. I, I just want to point that out. And he does that shit that I'm talking the that you just were talking what about. Do, what do we think, Pete? What do we think Pete would be like? What ranking? Like we're I'm talking thinking, like- I'm thinking uh, top five hundred. Top five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I easily at both of you at the very least, I put you guys at the thirties. Yeah, we'll see. I think once we get more game, I mean, we're pretty competitive, dude. So I think once we yeah. get like more real games in against, you know, people that aren't just, some, you know, aren't Pete, us. people that aren't Pete. <laughs> well, that's the only thing that I figure that you guys are missing is just like knowledge of other people's crews yep. and, and actual things. Play I style. play seeing so many people. Like I slow down a lot. I used to go from like six to eight games a week to now I play three. Yeah. So, so that's a significant drop in games, but I still play a lot of different play styles. So. I'll I'll take your top thirty. Yeah. What other questions <laughs> do you have, kind of about the development of the game or how it kind of panned out there, Dixon? Okay. So sorry. Back to the the important stuff. Um, okay. So turn one, you got all the way to mod. You got the towards the last activations. The poor Bokor can do anything else, but she decided to attack him, and you got lucky and got the red Joker. How much yep. life does she have now? Uh, he only she only took two because he stoned. So he's right. Like, and between that and armor, you know, she she reduced significant damage, but still like. How much light do you have? Like, okay, so just two damage period? Or you're just saying two damage period? Yeah, just two damage period. I just took two damage from that. Yeah, that one. Okay, so she's at eight. What happened turn one? Who got first activation? I mean, turn I, two. Right, I, who got turn, turn two? Oh, was I, I did, yeah. I, I That's where Anya skirted out and kind of ran off after she killed off the uh, test subject. But you couldn't do a bleeding edge until you got away from her. Yeah, so he, he got away and then did it. Yeah, so gotcha. what I did was I, uh, I charged and... Mm. Or no, no, I'm sorry. I yeah, you charged in and then you rioted, and that ability is so stupid. What is it called? It's fucking Union Buster. Yeah, Union oh. Buster is so yeah. stupid. It's like you don't even need a target number on it. Okay, and, and it, it's yeah. like just models just go. It's like there's no resist. It's just the models just move. I think it's stupid. What the hell? Yeah, did you not know that? It's no. stupid. Yeah, it's just just target. No, I've seen something within six inches. The only good yeah. thing is Choose can, either towards get, or away. The only good thing about it is I can get some random test subject charges out of it if they're in range. <laughs> that is a horrendous idea, then don't do it. But like uh people usually do hustle takeover. I I guess I rarely ever or paid attention to people do Union Buster. Union Buster with especially in Ma's crew, like early turns when they're still tight, mm. it's so devastating because she just she can push them. And then there's scheme markers down, and then they're taking damage from the scheme markers, and just a freaking cattywampus mess. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the the most powerful thing it seems is that it's like there's no first, there's no limitation. You can choose friend or enemy, and yep. secondly, there's no flip for it. You just yeah. say it. It's like all right, that now. <laughs> <laughs> think about how some crews are like. Think about if you play this against like a Cadmus player who really wants everything in a tight aura, you can yeah. just be like, all right, let's just move you away from each other this actually got even better because you get to choose uh more or less what's away yeah that's what i was talking to chris about i was like yeah if you want to do this you got to do it from this edge to that edge and then you can shove me that way right yeah it's good crazy and then she ended up running away and that's when i decided to kill the stupid totem instead of her that's a good play i was about to ask you that when did he die so he died turn two yeah i activated him the second yeah ma was my first activation 
and I thought about it. I'm just like, no, I got to kill this stupid bird. And I just went in and killed it with like two swings. Yeah, he moved outside of my scheme markers, the one-inch aura surrounding the scheme markers. Right. And right. then he ate both the scheme markers. and then With he 12 charged. cups of coffee. Yeah, and then so he charged. I gave Maw two focus. Yeah. So then I was able to get straight flips on damage, and I was cheating in like severe to just drop that some bitch. Jesus. Yeah, it, <laughs> so was, Ma, it was stupid. Yeah. So Ma was the one that went to the Sovereign, who's armor two, and she just severed him three times? Is that no, what you're twice. saying? Twice. Two times. Two times. Oh, I hit just him twice. Got it. Because I had to move, use the bonus to clear out the schemes, and then two swings just murdering it because I had two focus on her. Yeah, five damage down to three, so take so it's half his health, and five damage again down to three. Yeah, that definitely kills him. Yeah, yep. it kills him. felt, felt yeah, good. I felt, felt vindicated. I mean, he's four. He's defense four. There's absolutely no way, Chris. If he, if you, oh, I know. Well, <laughs> oh, that's so with, good. With focus on Maw, he was dying unless I yeah. hit the Black Joker. But it was in my hand, so I wasn't worried about it. I mean, the, the funniest thing is you could take the chance to take the uh, Sound of Thunder as long as you didn't Black Joker that, then you're fine because you can just like smack him into a fucking trap. That does an additional point of damage, lowers his defense by one, and it's just guaranteed at that point because you need, just need a moderate after that. Yeah, I just I didn't have a pit trap nearby because I used the bonus to clear out the schemes to get the focus. Oh, by the way, that ability's name still has horrible, horrible nightmare pictures because it's marked territory and it's oh, yeah. Maw. So oh. Maw is peeing. <laughs> that's why she has a house coat. I mean, why else would she have a house coat? Oh, dear right? God, it's so painful to imagine. She doesn't have a petticoat underneath. She's just, you know, straight up. Oh geez, squatting. Yeah, all right. Squatting all, right. all right, back to the game. That was your fault. <laughs> no, no. All right, so one action, quick action to remove everything that was hazardous to your crew. One action to smash into the one action again to kill him off. You yep. have one action left. What did you do? No, I had to move up. So I actually had to move and then charge through. Because Anya left your melee range. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't in. I wasn't in range just to straight up charge the sovereign. I had to move and then charge it. I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, well, that, I, that sounds logical. So, Sauron is, is gone. You have an activation on top of it. By the way, did, what did you pick this turn for Moss ability during uh, initiative? I drew extra cards. Drew extra cards. Okay, so that's a guarantee. And then, since you have Bryn, you have seven cards. So, if, if, if I'm looking at Maw, and if I draw my hand, and if I have, like, if I don't have anything above a 10, I'll stone for cards mm. just to see more. And then I'll cheat down to see more. And that turn, it was really good because I didn't have anything above a 10 in the, what's that, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 cards I saw. So I knew the rest of that deck was fucking hot. Yeah. The same thing that happened against me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you draw that low of cards and you're just looking at this like, this this sucks, but it's about to be better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you have the opportunity to draw six more cards during activation with yeah. that list that you had. Holy crap. It's well, yeah. And then so you have all this garbage in there and then you wait for a few severes to come down and then you activate Bryn to get severes back in the deck. So that is it, so good. Yeah, it, it gets pretty dirty quick. All right. You, you OK there, Chris? All right, Chris, why? Why did you not, or why weren't you able to kill Gracie? Because it sounds like Gracie was focus, coming. I didn't focus on the Gracie. He ignored her. Oh. He just let her run around like a, like some pig. I mean, Gracie can be ignored in some sense, but you didn't know. You didn't know at that point that she was your vendetta. No, that didn't get scored till the end of the game. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. 
Because I think I think if you don't know she has a vendetta target, mm-hmm. I think you almost do ignore her because it's like, okay, she's just running around bumping a couple of these minion models. It's like, who cares? But then I reveal at the end of the game that, you know, she's still alive and Winston's dead. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because she is annoyingly hard to kill. She's incredibly hard to kill unless you have yeah. armor piercing, which the operative does do, but oh well. Even with armor piercing, you need either significantly powerful armor piercing or two models that have armor piercing because oh, yeah, she is hard to kill. Yeah, she's annoying. She's very fucking. Well, and she annoying. heals herself too. It's like she has a turn right. to heal, and when she kills, she heals. Right. So that's yeah. why I, I don't even care about stampeding with her because I'm just like I'm gonna if I kill you, I heal it up anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. Wait, did you stampede with her to kill a Finnegan? Uh, I did stampede to kill Finnegan, even though Chris missed his trigger that he should add a shielding on Finnegan. <laughs> but he missed the trigger, and then when he was dead, he was like, "Ah, he shouldn't have died." Or there were there were a couple of things him. that I missed that I missed in this game. But that, but, that comes yeah. with playing oh, the faction, man. though. You it haven't does. played the faction it is, a lot. It is. Yeah, this is the third time I played Anya, so I don't expect to know everything. I just want to keep getting oh. games and keep getting repetition in. Yep. That's, that's literally what I was going to ask. It was like, what happened to kill Finnegan? Because he's he's a luck thief. And I know that he's a henchman too. So stoning to prevent damage. Yeah, he had to thief. use a lot of stones turn one and two to try to keep Finnegan alive. I did. I'm sorry. Ma, Ma was right next to him. Yeah, him I, had fi- I had five stones. And I think I used one stone for Anya. And then the well, other four for Finnegan. Turn two, I killed the Sovereign. Turn three, Ma went after Winston. Like Ma was like, this fucker going down. But she can't focus against Finnegan. Correct. So I, I so, just, I had a smoking hand. That's all it was. That's right. That's right. At that point, it, that was turn three then. I, assume. I, I waited till I, so yeah, turn three, I basically waited till I had a hot hand, which was early in that turn. I drew really well. And then, so, so and yeah, I, I had, and I had shit. I was, I think I flipped the black Joker, my first flip with <laughs> oh my Finnegan. God. And then yeah. the second one, I flipped the one and the highest card in my hand was, yeah, turn, you know, turn three, you really didn't cheating. do a lot of cheating. You just, you, you're just taking it. I'm you're just, just yep. oh, can't do anything. Look at that. He's getting right. hurt. Well, turn three, you need to run away. Clearly, you need to escape. Chris Chris was the pie. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sad because like, I assume that at that point, you didn't even have the cards to be able to do Daredevil ride. Well, well, I couldn't, I couldn't Ma. <laughs> Quit bringing that up. Ma just kept fucking him over. Oh, my God. Dirigible Ride is a quick action. I it forgot. Is. Oh, yeah, my God. God. Yeah, like it was time, just rubbing that. It was just rubbing that. Yo, that's something that I realized before you go, Dixon, that Anya's crew loves their quick actions. Like, their quick actions are so good. So 12 cups all, of coffee is of so bad. Yeah, every single one. I'm looking through the... Because literally, I have it open here with all the, the key... Because... I played against her, but I, I haven't memorized everything quite yet. Like I yeah. know things that I have to remember. Like remember, like killing Sovereign is incredibly important when you're playing against Anya. Yes, it is. Yeah, killing Anya is kind of important, but not as much as killing Sovereign. Right. If you can make Anya just be like respect you and just not hard engage you, then you've won. If she overcommits and you don't kill her, that's a problem. Yes. I mean, she can't kill you. She blade rushes through you, bleeding edge. Like she has a lot of ways to do auto damage i mean but look at some of these quick actions though you have soulstone flare with jesse holiday whatever that's yep it's annoying but it's not great you have fly with me chain gang dirigible ride backroom dealings mm. i've got your back <laughs> and uh the stupid core of courage. courage fly with me 
So uh, I already said that bleeding edge, and you can't do any of that if Ma's nearby. And to clarify, Jesse is not a syndicate model. No, she's a uh, powerful. Yeah, powerful quick actions are a thing for syndicate, which is oh, why sure, sure. every single one of them has something that you go, "Whoa, I really like." Like even the stupid minions have chain gang. It, it almost makes it almost makes me wonder if it's worth when you play against Anya to bring two twelve cups of coffee. So put it on another model that's going to be doing its thing. And then just make it where there's two auras of twelve. Let me give the people ideas. So <laughs> I definitely would do it on Gracie. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah that's no, what absolutely. that's what I was thinking. Gracie's yeah. in your face, absolutely. Yeah, because like at that point, it's like what you you say you have five stones, right? He, no, I, I had three. He had three. Oh, you had three. Maybe um, I'd have to switch something out. So yeah. take one of the test subjects out. Maybe no. They're my bays. They're really good. They're really why not? Really why good. wait? Hold on. Why bring two? When I can bring three. Yep, that's a true statement right there. Yeah, I so mean, I have a couple lists where there's three. Fuck you. Bring Bert. Bert. Bert's my bay. The no. Bofer, then? Who, who Bert. are you taking out, Pete? Who are you taking oh, out? I'll figure it out. It's not important. No, no, no. You can just go down to one stone and you know, play risky. <laughs> and then, there you go. Just play one stone and just keep bringing soul stone miner. Just keep dinging it. Just keep getting your soul stones. Yeah, I mean it's not a terrible idea. I've seen it done before. I do. I don't like going below three with a soulstone miner. Two, if I really want to, you know, test it. But mm -hmm. I like three. Three is the sweet spot with a soulstone miner, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, any anything else, Dixon, as far as you for questions just about how the game kind of finished up and played out. I was about to ask you about the test subjects actually, because I I don't feel that one would be a problem. Two is what makes it hard. Yeah, I think what I've learned is I've tried a couple things, and usually it, it's been around two. I I like keeping the test subjects in in a duo, mm -hmm. and I like keeping um, Bryn next to them just so I can get that extra obey bonus action off with them, mm -hmm. and I can heal them up or give them focus or move them around, and it just makes them more potent. Uh, whenever I've split them up or if I've only brought one, it hasn't been really effective. But when I brought two, it's been a nice little duo back and forth. I so, can definitely see that. They 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 just they work so well. I mean, it's like, eight it's eight points for two really durable. I mean, they're armor one. You yep. can't kill them unless it's with damage, which yep. is the beautiful part about it. I mean, you could try to execute them, and they're just flipping you off, just shooting the bird. Yeah. I choose not to discard the card, and nothing happens. Yeah, and they are fine. <laughs> the the funny thing is, like with two, since the scamper, because you can't charge while you're engaged, but you can. Scamper one out. Like let's say one is out and one is in. So you can just scamper like, out, charge, charge scamper out, charge, scamper out, charge. Like it, it's annoying. It's yeah, so and, annoying. And I haven't, I haven't gotten to that point where that. I think that's the dream scenario with the test subjects. Right. Um, I really think they're they're more powerful with locking models down. Yes. And just really kind of being the, almost the point, the spear, the tip of the spear, where it's like. They're going to really start to muddy it up hmm. and they're not going to survive, but they're going to do some damage. They're going to put slow out and you're going to have to waste activations killing and dealing with a four point model. So the reason why I asked about them is what was their target this game? Because I know that usually you, you like to put them on their biggest beater. Yeah, so I, I did it so Winston couldn't run away. I used one of them to pin down, um, pin down Winston. The other one I... The other one really just was to take a couple of punches. Do, you didn't get to do a lot with the other one. Well, the other one I was going to say, I put it out there to take a couple of punches from Corvus. 
and just kind of engage him because I didn't want Corvus on important stuff. So that's what that's what the, I mean, he died and it seems like he died for nothing, but mm. it actually slowed Corvus down and then allowed the rest of my crew to get out because the terrible game that I lost to Anya and I just wanted to punch Chris in his stupid beard was <laughs> or goatee is <laughs> I was so bottled up like I had Corvus in my face, I had Anya in my face, I had everything in my face. And I was like, the test subjects were perfect to help avoid that in this game where I was like, sure, you're going to kill that. I'm going to pin that down and then I'm getting out. It's like I, you can't get bottled in your own deployment zone. And that's so, what happened in the first game. Yeah, I, I, that's a big issue against Anya. Is a lot of people see the speed and immediately go, oh, God. And then they try to defend themselves instead of like trying to get out. Yeah, and then you're fighting in your own deployment zone. So now you're not scoring yeah. any points. Especially, whatsoever. Especially in symbols of authority when I got to be over there. Yep. And if Chris is in here and I'm fighting him in my zone, it's like I'm just totally losing the game. Yep. I mean, that's uh, honestly, this is one of the reasons why uh, P. Oh, first off, if it was me, I, I have another model instead of Bird. But Man, bird is to you. <laughs> hey, hey, bird is to you what the first mate is to me. First hey, mate's phenomenal. Fucking amazing model. Bring so first mate next time, Pete. He does the but for the point cost of both Gracie and fucking bird. The first mate does everything that those two models do together for the most part. Yeah, but you're you're losing action economy out of that though. So you're you have oh, one. Really, but see, that's what I'm saying. So if you so if you look at that, I. I feel like if you have the first mate just running schemes, yeah, that you're not getting the most out of his points. I think that he needs to kill some stuff too and take away activations and stuff. So I think he has a problem of like, don't get me wrong, it's super good. And I always bring him with zip because why the fuck not? But out of keyword, when he starts to be like 10 or 11 points, whatever he is, I'm mm -hmm. like, or I can bring models like, you know, Gracie and Bert. I mean, if we count this up, Bert scored me one, two, three, four, at least four victory points because he got two strategies and he probably got me two points off of um, off of breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And Gracie, she got me a victory point and she might have got me two because we didn't quite figure it out who was going to get the last strategy for me, but it was either her or Ma. And that's what I'm saying. You got to look at how many those two models got me like six victory points right so <laughs> in in this case specifically because like i i've seen multiple ways to to play this like ignore each other uh and then try to score as many points as you possibly can it's a way but that makes it so that the game ends like eight seven which yeah. makes your differential even worse uh or eight eight ties that's yeah there is, you have a defense team, like a defensive line on your side, and then you have an away team where they go and just do whatever they have to do on the other yeah. side, right? And that's another way. And then there's do everything, because there's crews that do everything. And Anya seems to be a do everything kind of crew. And I guess to a lower extent, the same thing goes for Ma. Was yeah, that what you guys were Ma, doing this time around? Yeah, it really was. I think the only thing is that, like I said, I just, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I started whittling away Chris's kind of defense on his side of the board. Mm. So I really locked down kind of any of the models that would have threatened me from scoring on his side. Mm. Um, and I didn't have anybody but the Soulstone Miner, which ended up winning me the game. It made it where I couldn't score the strategy. So mm. even though I only won by a point, it was big. And yeah, I mean, it was just good. So yeah. I, I think that's a point. Yeah, I dedicated Corvus Rook, to, or I... 
I pushed Corvus Rook too far onto your side of the field. I think he mm-hmm. should have been kind of your defensive kind of midline and back. Yeah. And just okay. locking people down. Uh, how would you play Finnegan differently? Because it sounds like Finnegan did not want to be anywhere near Mock. <laughs> no, I played Finnegan exactly how he's supposed to be played. I just um, – Maw, the the way that my strategy marker was and that tree was detrimental to me getting the uh, emissary up to where he needed to be, and Finnegan was a little bit out of place. Uh, but Finnegan was perfect right. in what he did. Well, no, no, that that's okay. So that's that was what I, he, what he would have been better differently so that he would live. He would have been better off if he could have maneuvered the emissary in front of Finnegan. Okay. Which I could which I couldn't. Yeah, because he was engaged and the train wouldn't allow him to move in a way where he could protect Finnegan effectively. So is there a way that he could have swapped that out in deployment? You see what I'm getting at? I mean, right I mean now, yeah, right? I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that your game plan with Finnegan was wrong. I'm no, saying scratch. he no. did die. Yeah. So therefore, how would you stop that? Well, it was basically all because of that strategy marker being out of place. Because gotcha. I couldn't get the intrepid emissary through that, I was I was going to have to go. You'll see it when we post it. Well, and the problem all I think, the way around. Well, the problem you had too, though, and this is kind of unless you ran Finnegan to your deployment zone, Gracie and Bert were bearing down on his other yeah. flank, so he couldn't run away past Maw yeah. without running into Gracie, which I did. And yeah, yeah, Gracie's what got him. So could you have activated him while he was engaged with Maw? And then disengage to gain two life, unless you decide to let him walk away, Pete. And then he can just like walk again, do a double ride, and just get the fuck out of here. Was I mean, he he ended, he ended up doing that, but like I said, since Maw was next to the emissary, right. that aura wasn't up except for maybe turn two. Correct. The, the only way that you get that heal two is if the enemy targets you. Right. So, Which happens when you disengage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, no, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So that's the reason why I was saying it. It's like people, sometimes people will take it because, like, they're sure they can hold them down a little bit. So they'll try to, like, cheat a high card, just, like, keep him there or, like, try to diminish how yeah. much he walks. But the safe bet usually is, nope, nope, go away. I don't want to chance this shit and you heal and then I can't kill you. The, uh, the fortune's favor is just as good as disengaging i mean look top three cards you could toss out a couple of cards to to disengage basically that's amazing i didn't even think about that's good (laughs) except for the no except for the time that it mattered chris drew like i'm pretty sure a 13 a 12 and And he didn't want to discard them (laughs) i'm just like seriously so he discarded one to move three i think right but walking away would have been also good because uh it, that sounds like if you need to move nine inches, you definitely do that. And then just like, all right, fuck it. All of this goes <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going that way, nine inches. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. Um, my yeah. favorite part of doing these, you know, deep end kind of pool talking through a game is kind of the last big thing we'll talk about. And that's our MVP of the game. So mm-hmm. we're going to look at it. Just what model out of your crew do you think was like kind of the, the winner that really got you the points or really did the thing that kind of saved the day. So, Chris, who would you say is your MVP in that game? Anya, 100%. Anya. Yeah, I think it's easy. She yeah, that was easy. The, the fact how many scheme markers she put out, she got yeah, – yeah, it was Anya, 100%. I think she picked up two strategy, if not one, and then Corvus did the other. So she got yeah. one or two strategy. She, she moved Corvus to get the yeah. – She set up – all she the, didn't move. 
Yeah, she well, she set up the schemes for both your or scheme markers for both your schemes that you selected. So she was getting points with that. And she was she killed my little ass like a angry angry woman. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe Corvus she could. Corvus she killed her. Could. No, Cor- Corvus killed her. And that was my that was my big regret is yeah, moving Corvus shouldn't have been there. Corvus to your deployment zone to kill the little miss when I could have easily just gone the other way. Yeah. I'll say it is kind of weird with Anya's crew because you are kind of sitting there and you're almost holding your breath until Anya goes because Anya is so flexible that you have no idea where she's going. Like she can react so well to what's going on on the board Hmm. that she, she can go kill something that's being a problem. She can go lay down schemes. She can, you know, cause splash damage, pick off that little model that only has one hit point left. There's so many little things that she can do that you're really holding your breath until she goes. And then once she goes, you're like, whoo, okay, what do I still have alive? What is still, you know, available on the table? What's she yeah. going to be able to do now? But like, yeah. that being said, is there a way that you could have stopped B from scoring points? There were a couple of ways I could have stopped B from scoring points. The only problem is I didn't have the models to do it. So Okay, so that was it. You have four yeah. models left, and that's the main reason why. It was Corvus, yeah. Anya, the interpreter, Emissary, and who else? And Corvus was out of place. It was Corvus. Jesse Holiday. Yeah, Jesse. Yep. Okay. Damn. Whereas at the end of the game, I still had Bert, I still had Gracie, I still had Ma, I still had Bryn, and I still had a test subject. And six I, models. Yeah, I had one more, whatever it was. I think mm. you were down to six. Yeah. Oh, the last one was a Soulstone Miner. Gotcha. Oh yeah, and you had the Soulstone Miner. Yep. So seven. So seven models here, four, which is what you said earlier. Yeah. Sounds problematic because the uh, the Soulstone Miner is just—he's such a beat stick, man. Well, not only that, it's just he, the Soulstone Miner, I, I would say, so honestly, and this is like, obviously, Maw is going to do her thing, mm-hmm. and Big Brain Brain's doing his thing, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of in a toss-up because I almost want to say Bert just because he scored strategy points, but I think positional-wise, I think the Soulstone Miner was my MVP just yeah. because it locked down and killed, pretty much, your stupid chain gang boy there, your whatever the hell it's called. And it also was right there to deal with Winston to finish him off if I needed to. And And then, yep. And then it locked down Jesse and denied her scoring the point. So it, it it wasn't just what he did. Plus he gave me soul stone. So he's just giving me a soul stone almost every turn, which which is a big deal. And if he kills a model and he gets the crow trigger, he can get a soul stone. So there's a lot of things going on there. And just positioning wise and what I ended up going into and what I ended up killing and denying points, it ended, I mean, that one point gave me the win. So I, I think I got to give it to the Soulstone Miner. So I still would like Chris to say one model is not your master because masters are always powerful. And I understand Anya, she she carried yeah, her that's team. That's why I said Maw, but you know. Yeah, Ma no, Anya carried her team, but there's going to be somebody else that you actually liked a lot. Come on, Chris. I mean, I love Corvus. Corvus is a phenomenal okay. model. Absolutely. I think you just, I think you just, just hugely misplaced Corvus. I mispositioned him, so he okay. he held down the fort, turn one, mm-hmm. or sorry, he positionally gave Pete a huge disadvantage. He, he was where he was supposed turn to be one. turn one. Yeah, mm. and then turn two, he was still in position. He was still in a really good position. Um until i charged into the deployment zone. a little last yeah, yeah. until Damn. a little last and then it was just like 
Why did I do that? I just wanted to kill her. But looking back on it, it was a stupid move. So basically, you should you have used Corvus to fight off Gracie and Bert to stop them from scoring points for Pete? Yeah, I think to protect things like maybe Finnegan and to protect, you know, other models. I don't think Corvus should have been on Gracie and Bert. I think Corvus should have been um, with the test subjects and Maw. Really? What do you do then for Bert and Gracie? Because I don't know about that. Maul beat the piss out of Corvus in that first game we played. <laughs> uh, okay, but still, going back to the thing, Corvus. I mean, Bert and Gracie. You said that they score you four points, right, Pete? At least, right? Yeah. But the Solstice Miner's the MVP because he allowed that to happen, right? I've got to. I've got to figure out how to work around Gracie and Bert. Right. So I, I know. I know the deal with Bert. You just have to focus. And then hit him hard. Kill him well, no, no. Focus, like concentrate, and then hit him with focus because you don't want to do many attacks against Bert. You want to do one or two single attacks on Bert and then just end him. So I know that. Gracie, I haven't figured out an easy way to deal with her other than like get lucky. Way to deal with her. Yeah, she's a pain in the ass. What was that? There was one game that we played. God, Pete, I don't even remember which game it was, but I think I killed Gracie in like three hits. I don't even remember which one it was. But I mean, Gracie just like, just completely fell over. I don't remember what it was. It was, I mean, I'm gonna freaking kill you, but <laughs> it is freaking um, your stupid Karai list, man. Ooh. Freaking with your irreducible damage, just murdering pigs in armor. Yeah, yeah, that yep. was it. Yep, that was yep. it. I mean, they carry kills anything though. Like, let's yeah. be honest here. The dumbest totem in the game. It's all like <laughs> this is stupid. Well, he so I'm like I'm like this model's stupid. It should and it has like onslaught and shit. And yep. he's like he's like, well, you know, it, it, you have broken models too. I'm like, well, yours free, and I have to pay <laughs> ten points for mine. Yes, yes, good God <laughs> Almighty, that's like the biggest truth anybody has said. <laughs> uh, true, man. it's true. Yeah, because like even at two damage a pop, let's just say it's two damage a pop. Ikira can kill, uh, what you call a Gracie on five hits. Whereas I've seen many models that they require like eight, nine hits. Yeah. You have to have some form of, of ignoring armor to be able to kill Gracie effectively. Well, it's not, it's not only that, but like I said, Gracie heals herself right. and can defend herself with the right trigger. Right. And if I have a bow core and now I'm also healing with that, or mm. if I take, you know, Big Brain Brin, I think Big Brain Brin can go ahead and, yeah, yes. he can... Yeah, he can heal another model as well, so he can heal in one, two, three. That model is like one of the best support models I've ever seen in this game. Big Brain Brand is phenomenal. Chris, you just ignored Big Brain. You didn't even want to go into him. He's too hard to deal with. He has protected. <laughs> he has serene countenance. Like I, I heard you say that, Pete, and I'm just like, what? You know, he's you know, too hard to deal with. I don't yeah. like him, but he's too hard to deal with. Yeah. It, well, it is almost like okay. Do I spend all the all this all these resources to deal with Big Brain when he's drawing cards and maybe making me slow and maybe doing some extra stuff, or do I try to deal with the rest of the crew? Yep. That's and most way. people will decide to deal with the rest of the crew. Significantly easier. You have to like mitigate him more than actually deal with him. Because the problem yeah. is, if if you have a good way to deal with him, it, you are wasting actions. Because well, I, he has protected. So you, he has to be outside of position, and then you kill him. Well, I think the best way to deal with him is actually the Sovereign with the stupid Shockwave marker. 
I think that was the way that you could really pressure a lot of my important pieces, Chris, is just those stupid shock waves with the Sovereign. And that's why I was like, this thing's got to go. I mean, if, if you don't kill the Sovereign, I think you're just, you're, the game is so much more difficult trying to deal with Anya's crew. Because yep. you, you get to do the dirty dirigible ride and fly with me. Uh, you can't do dirigible ride on the Sovereign. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying, Dixon. I'm oh, saying that I'm you sorry. have both those available to move your stupid crew. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's it's that's actually Anya's game, right? Mobility. No, no, it's totally, totally her game. Mobility and the fact that she will get the suit that she needs for whatever. My God, I want. tell you what, you want to play something stupid? You want to play a stupid game and get stupid prizes? Play against Anya and Wedge. That just is miserable. <laughs> It's like right in myself. front of you. She's already, right yeah, she's already in your that face. That was the game where I was so pissed. I was like, I don't even want to be here right now. <laughs> Dude, the funny thing is, like, even if the game was in corners, she's going to be on your side of the field before you even I cross know, the and Wedge like, makes insane. that way worse. Oh, oh, for sure. That was the most beautiful was thing I've heard all day. It was worse than your Titania crap. Hey. It's not my fault that you decided to put your crew literally at the edge of it, and then I had to pull your master completely I out wanted, in the middle. I wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> and he um, died. <laughs> so Chris, let's talk about, because I think it's important for once you kind of reflect on a game like this, and this will be the last thing we talk about, mm -hmm. is thinking about matchups. So usually after I get done playing Malifaux, I look at the pool and I'm like, okay, was that the right schemes? Was that the right master to throw in that strat? But I think the more important question is also, Okay, I played Ma into Anya. Do I think that's a good drop? Do I want to do that again? So me personally, I do think Ma is a good drop into Anya. What do you think about Anya into Ma? I still think Anya is a good drop into Ma. There was just a couple of mispositionings that I did. I actually think it's a solid matchup, um, yeah. personally. But Do you think I, uh, Ma is a good matchup against Ivan? I think it's better than other crews that I might bring. Um, I think against Ivan... I don't know. I, I haven't played that one with Ma yet, so I got to play it when Chris gets his thing. But when I look at the matchup, I think I see other... I think the key is just try not to give, give negatives to Ivan, and I know that's hard to do, but it's like, just no. do it the best you can. Specifically, it's three types of negatives. Concealment, Distractor. Distracted, and <laughs> yeah, that's and what I'm saying. Fire. Ivan's crew's got Gibson, so you're going to have distracted at least, that, at least yeah. two turn yes. one. I mean... Like the biggest thing you have to know in that matchup is you want to keep every willpower below like five or below. And Bryn is like the exception because you know he has protected, so you can just say, okay, that guy with willpower two gets it now. Yeah, yeah, because if you bring willpower six, then they can summon the Brock Inspector, right? Correct. Brock Inspector will ruin your day. Like it will just destroy your game. Yeah, and I think with the exception. I'm just checking real quick because I think, with the exception of Big Brain Brin, most of my will. Oh no, Gracie was six, and so yep. was. Yep. Oh, so is the Bokor. Yeah, yep. I'd have to be careful with that. Yep, yep. I mean, most of your keyword is actually willpower five or below. It's actually mostly willpower three or some stupid number like that. But Brin is the exception that you should just be aware to always have somebody within three. I mean, I'll take a Nocturne or a Deva. I mean, they're both still good models. Very Broken, good models. Broken Spectres are better, but, I mean, they're still good models. Oh, 100%. But, like, there's a massive difference. The difference between a Broken Spectre and a Deva is, like, night and day. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I said, I got to play that matchup because I'm not sure, but I know that the threat of zip going into Ivan is so bad that I just can't drop zip into explorers. I just don't think I can. Yeah. Unless, unless I just play this game of, I'm just not going to engage with you at all. You can't drop what? <laughs> I can't drop zip into explorers. Okay. I thought you said Ivan for some reason. Yeah. Well, well you can't drop zip into gotcha. Ivan that specifically. Gotcha. Because the thing is that Zip is really good at, against everybody else, really. It's yeah. just, Ivan is just like, mother of God. Yeah, that's just like the silver bullet to Zip, where it's just like everything's going to just get obliterated. Well, that's one it. of the things, though, Ivan. is if, yeah, if I drop Anya and you drop Zip, then I'm just going to take a ton of operatives. I mean... Yeah, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> operatives are Syndicate and uh, Dua. And they're, oh. they have the positives to concealment. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah, I played they're, that once with Chris. The I think it was their Derringers have uh, two, three, four, something like that. Yeah, it, it's it was one. It was one good. game we played, and you brought them, and I was playing Zip, and I was like, "This is bad." Even without yeah. Ivan, this is bad. Even without Ivan, it's still bad. I mean, Corvus has it too. Yeah, Corvus has it as well. It's Corvus is a Syndicate and a Dua. It, oh my god! So, Chris, is there anything you've played so far that you're like, I can't bring this into Bayou? Is is there? whether it's Maw or something else where you're just like, this is just bad against Maw or just bad against Bayou. Dun, ding, ding, dun, dun, ding. <laughs> I mean, I really did not like Apex into Bayou at all. And I don't think I will ever drop Apex into Bayou. Bayou is exponentially faster than Apex. And it has, well, Apex, first off, dropping Apex into Maw's crew. What is it, Trixie? Is that Trixie? Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. They create pit trap markers. Ma love Ma and the test subjects love pit trap markers. Yeah, Apex is a no go when it comes to Bayou. I mean, okay. now biggest... granted, I, I didn't have Malasaurus Rex, so I don't know the experience with Malasaurus Rex, but it still seems like a bad matchup to me. So the biggest issue in that matchup is uh, Pete's height one. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. The everything biggest... can see. Everything can see the Malasaurus Rex. Malasaurus Rex might not be able to see you. Uh, well, no, no, you can't see each other. But that's not the like. You can always get out of cover or blocking terrain or whatever, and then see like, oh, look at that! Just shoot them everywhere. Because you can't see each other. Like if you're in the shadow, but at the same time, well, I was you're gonna, through. I, I think he's talking more like if he's a height three built, like as the one we had Dixon where you had like a height three building yeah. and a height four Malasaurus Rex. Yep. The height one that's not any cover that's blocking them can shoot you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I've had a couple of games lately where I've been trying to work around that because after our game I realized this is a bad, this is a really bad problem. I played your Reapers the other day and the same exact thing. There was nothing that could block my sight to him because your Reapers is height four. Yeah, and in that same setup, Lord Cooper, Malosaurus Rex will have the problem. But what I'm trying to say is, is still the 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 original problem is still too big, because your height one you can hide behind anything pretty much, and pretty then much. Cooper can't see you, and most of his crew is centered around Cooper kills something, and then the rest of the crew does whatever they need to do. And yeah, if Cooper it can kill everything. anything, it's a problem. Yeah, I think Cooper isn't necessarily matchup dependent, even though I think it's bad with Bayou because they can hide more than other factions. Um, but I also think Cooper's more hinging on the board as well. I think you got to have the right board. If it's a bad board where you can't, there's no, um, there's no interlocking firing arcs and alleys to shoot. It, it's it's hard for Cooper to be effective. 
All right. Well, that was a hell of a game. Chris, you were a little salty at the end of it. I was salty end of turn two. <laughs> Why end of turn two? What was what was wrong with end of turn two? What happened end of turn two? May have. So- Sovereign going down. It just, uh, it was, things were not going my way. So it's safe to say that if your Sovereign goes down, you're a sad panda. If the Sovereign goes down and I have two of my key pieces in your deployment zone, it's not necessarily the greatest thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that was, that was a good game. It was seven to six. So the only point you didn't score was off of the strategy marker and you didn't score. I think it was going to be spread them out. You probably didn't score. Yeah, either spread them out or break through whichever and the, one. And the only one I didn't get was the first point of Vendetta. So it was a close game. I mean, even though there were some feel bads for you, you still did a good job of scooping up your victory points. Absolutely. I, I got to like I got to say I'm, I'm I I thought you guys were going to do more denial, which is why I said originally 5 to 4. Because I thought you guys were gonna like stop each other, but you said that at turn three, you just I gotta watch this game because like turn three, <laughs> you guys decided, all right, that's enough fighting. Yeah. Let's start co- scoring points. Yeah, I just I think that we well, I don't think Chris necessarily thought about denying points maybe until it was too late. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I think it was turn end of turn three. I finally cleared out some of his squishy models, and that's when I'm like, I'm gonna send the Soulstone Miner back now to deny at least one or two for the strat. And yeah. I was able to deny one and Chris got a little crafty getting the, uh, the getting other. the other one. Yeah. So Corvus got him a point. Is that what happened? Corvus no. got me a point. Yeah. Basically okay. that what happened turn, two, though. turn four, Jesse disengaged and Chris got the activation initiative for turn five. Mm-hmm. So he was going to bring Jesse in interact to get the one strategy for turn five. Gotcha. But if I, if I would have won the flip, I would have denied the point again, and he would have lost another point. Gotcha. It would have been 7-5 then. Yep. Damn. Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm going to watch this game. It's a good one. Yeah, as soon as it comes out, because like, I'm curious to see what happened to uh, Corvus, because I love that model. That model looks awesome, and he his rules are great. Well, I got to put out the one where Chris kicks my ass, so we'll, we'll put that one out first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he has ordered to. that too? Yes. Yeah, it's just I've been, you know, I lost, so I haven't had the initiative to put it out. But I got to put it out before we do the one that oh. we just talked about. Wait, is there audio? Well, so yeah, it was our us, us playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we talked. Cool. We talked it through. Yeah. Well, this new one that we just recorded, just to let everybody know, we're actually going to try what Dixon, you and I talked about, where we're going to speed it up a little bit. That way, it's not like a three-hour battle report. So hopefully, we can get it down to somewhere between like forty and fifty minutes. And then we'll just talk the activations out over. So our voice will be over the sped up video. That's awesome. That yep. is awesome. So that's, that's the plan. The overhead, I, I don't know about you, Chris, but the lighting and the overhead on the, uh, on this uh, battle report we just did look pretty good to me. We just need another great. camera, which we'll get here soon because of our awesome patrons. That'll be focused over the fate deck. So you can actually see the flips close up as the sped up games going. So really excited about that. All right, last minute thoughts or concerns or bitches, Chris. Nope. <laughs> I, already threw out, I already threw out all my salts. That's fair. That's Chris being salty. <laughs> that is the most salt I've seen Chris throw. Oh, man. <laughs> so I will say that Chris is not necessarily happy that I started playing Maw. Dude, it's, she, it's funny because I always thought Maw was a great 
great master. And I'm like, why don't you play Ma? And Pete just, I don't like her. She's not my play style. I, think, I mean, I think I, the test subjects are a big part of why I like playing them now. That I was gonna say because like I didn't like uh, Lucius up until like I played one game and I decided to bring in Matures and now I'm and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. This is so fun. So you bring <laughs> you bring immatures with Lucius. I bring two matures with Lucius. Oh, I two matures. It. Yeah, two matures. That's or scary. One mature and a blood, uh, black blood shaman, or two matures and a black blood shaman. So like, you're, get, you're getting like four like actions out of each mature each turn. Pretty much, yeah. I love it. And the cards, because you get to draw like three or four cards during the the turn. Hmm. It's really fun. Like the only, the only bad thing is Lucius dies like a bitch if you're not careful. I just want to thank everybody for kind of supporting the podcast. We've had a lot of love with it. We've had giveaways. We got video content coming out. We have we're doing almost weekly podcasts, and I mean, I'd argue we're probably putting out the most consistent Malifaux content at the moment. Um, there's a lot of people putting out content, but it's definitely not weekly as far as Malifaux content goes. And we're going to keep cranking it out because we're really getting into it. I know we got a tournament we're gearing up for in Georgia. I did want to speak as far as tournaments go. Uh, I said it on the last podcast that we would promote tournaments if people just gave us a shout out. So if you go on the Discord, there's actually an events uh, channel that you can go to. And uh, one of the pre- people in the, uh, in the Discord actually put one of the events in there. It's apparently in, it looks like Granville, Michigan. And I'm just going to pull it up real quick just so I don't get any of the information wrong. Let's see here. That's, that's not the right date. Where are you? There it is. So it's on Saturday, June 26th. It's at noon. That looks like when it's cooking off. It's a Malifaux tournament war at the wharf, and that's in Granville, Michigan. So if you're up in Michigan and you're looking for a good Malifaux tournament, go ahead and check that out, man. I mean, we're going down to Georgia in July to, to get a good tournament on, you know, down there. So yeah, have you, have you uh, talked about that one? Uh, I haven't. So that one's on, let me pull up the old calendar here. I think that's July 10th. July 10th at Gigabytes. And if you haven't been to Gigabytes, it's outside of Atlanta. And that is an awesome store. So that store has a lot of not only Malifaux product, a lot of wargaming product, lots of play space. They got a cafe in there with sandwiches. Um, they put the magic nerds on the other side of the store. So you aren't, you know, rubbing your butt against magic nerds the whole time. So <laughs> Gigabytes is an awesome store for sure. So sign up for that if you're in the uh, in the southeast and around Georgia during that time. We'd be glad to have you. I also got invited for a tournament up in uh, North Dakota or maybe South Dakota. Uh, one of the guys on, on there was like, hey, we're having a tournament up here if you want to come by. It's at a brewery. I'm like, you just spoke to my heart. <laughs> the only thing we're missing from the Guild Bowl days, huh? I, I tell you what. So as soon as we get this cranked up more, I'm actually going to speak to a couple of breweries up by the border. And I'm definitely going to look at throwing some events up in a brewery because uh, I already know one friendly brewery that definitely uh, likes putting on events for nerds. So Triskillian Brewery up in, uh, I think it's Greenville, but really good brewery. That name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's a magic card. and Yeah. Oh, nice. I remember. <laughs> I actually have that Triskillian card in my Grenzo deck. It's pretty sweet. Oh, dear God. <laughs> All right. So... We're going to go ahead and sign off. This one went a little longer, uh, but it was a fun game to talk about. I hope people get a lot about just thought processes of not just looking at a pool, deciding what you're going to pick, how the game progresses, what decision points there are, and what decisions you can make that'll either cost you the game or win you the game. So 
uh, definitely like doing these deep ends because I think that helps a lot of people out in that process. So I think with that being said, though, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and flip cards and Chris is going to flip that table and we will see you all next time. Absolutely. Yar. <laughs>